and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, February 12th, 2024. I believe that was the date. I didn't see it. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tess Miller. Everything's a little blurry a day after the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are on today's show. We got a brand new batch of NBA weekend winners and losers. I got a fun tweet of the night from the other side of the pond. And we'll sprinkle in some Super Bowl reactions. Get the guy's thoughts on Usher, the commercials, and the game. But first, WedgieTracker.com. Busy this weekend. Three more wedgies over the weekend. Friday night, Zion Williamson attacking the rim. Sticks one in L.A. That was number 34. Then on Saturday, Cody Martin with a little floater. His second wedgie of the season. That's number 35 in Charlotte. Great camera work they there. Really loved that oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't even get it out. Walked the other way on the court. And then uh, a little bit later on Saturday, Delano Banton in his debut there for uh, for the Blazers also sticks a wedgie. That's number 36. So 34, <laughs> 35, 36. Lamar Hurd was great on the call too. Just he's, he's incredible. Uh, so unbelievable pace we are on. Right. Before the All Star break, we might even have a couple more. I mean, I don't, we'd have to go check. Like, what's the most we've ever had by the All Star break? I didn't do the research, but you can tell guys are slacking a little bit with the wedgie, wedgie numbers up. You know, this is the lull of the season. But to see a nice one like Zion Williamson attacking the rim and a wedgie, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Great. That's some good ones. Cool. We're on pace for 58. Hopefully that keeps up. Uh, okay, let's get into NBA weekend winners. Task, get us started. Who's your big winner? I'm taking the Golden State Warriors because they're on a turn. There's a lot of pauses for a lot of reasons. Draymond Green and his behavior is one of them. The guy is behaving. Ten games since he came back before Saturday's match against the Phoenix Suns. Zero technical fouls and zero flagrant fouls. Mm. Now, he got one against the Phoenix Suns because he thought he had an and one, so he argued about the call. But that's a good thing. You want Draymond to be angry. This team's defense has played a lot better. The fourth-best defense in the last couple weeks. It's pretty incredible when you think about it that way. Yeah. He's done a lot of things. Obviously, there was there was some some jab in the first time that he faced Yusuf Nurkic. Since he punched him on Saturday there, Draymond, or Nurkic scored on Draymond Green, and he put his hand to the floor. Literally, you're too small, Draymond Green, and slapped the floor a couple times. I thought I was watching a football game. That didn't seem like a basketball move. And then Draymond goes the other way, puts his shoulder into Yusuf Nurkic, and hits a lefty hook. Not a punch. A left-handed hook shot um, <laughs> over Yusuf Nurkic. Very nice stuff. But Draymond's doing a lot out there. I think it was more the handling, the scoring, the rebounding. He's just their energy. He's got to feel good. Like a few minutes left in this game. He lost Nurkic, Nurkic on a design play there with Jonathan Kaminga for an alley-oop. Then next play, dribble handoff. Faked it. Fooled Nurkic again with a crossover. Oh, hit a layup. Not long after that. Nurkic was off the floor. Green took a pass from Curry in the lane and dribbled past Durant for another layup. And then, and then, and then, and then, <laughs> Steph Curry's game-winning shot, wow. really, uh, which was ridiculous, which was being inbounded as the Warriors were down one. Bradley Beal looked like he had an angle to steal it, so Brandon Pajemski put it even closer to the midway line, to the half-court line. Curry caught it with one arm, one hand, turned around, no dribble, to his right, banged home a three. Call it a game. Uh, but, 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 in a lot of these uh, instances the last couple months, the Warriors get up late and then somehow lose the game. Yeah. 
On the other end, they try to inbound to Kevin Durant. Draymond Green gets in the way and deflects it. So that's game. And after the game, there's all this talk. Draymond Nurkic, Draymond Nurkic. And Curry said Draymond was in his head. Plain and simple. And you got to go with that. I think it's true. They were back into the play-in tournament. The first time they've been there in a month. They sit in 10th to take in Utah's spot. Utah has traded some of their rotation players. So they're done. Golden State uh, goes to visit them a couple weeks this week. A couple times this week, I should say. And they play the Lakers. If the play-in tournament was today, they would play the Lakers. Oh, <laughs> again. The play-in starts today. Wow. Play, yeah. wow. I mean, that's what you got to say. Uh, but they've got some injuries. Injuries are done there with Gary Payton the second coming back, and this one he You're guarded it guarded everybody, yeah. all the big three, and he scored five buckets. So I think this is peak Warriors this season. I know it started right off way better, but feels like a different team. Feels it feels like them. That was a fun game. I mean, yeah. it was one of the one of the most competitive games this season. I would uh, twenty one lead changes. I saw sixteen ties, no lead bigger than seven. So it was really really close. Uh, and then yeah, Curry. I saw Beal blamed it on his mask. <laughs> His uh, peripheral vision was brutal in the mask. Uh, maybe at some point to yeah, it. Sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, obviously uh, you, you risk it. And uh, yeah, you don't have any guy to uh, get sort of uh, a little too cute with, like over-aggressive with. Oh my God, he'd be last on the list. You don't want Curry to have the ball in his hands with a chance to uh, hit a 30-footer to basically win the game. Boom, cash. But yeah, it was a fun game. That was pretty cool uh, from Steph. I think he even he was impressed because at first he didn't celebrate. <laughs> And then he, like, almost went into the big balls. And then he just decided <laughs> to hit a squat. So, yeah. Like, he didn't know he didn't what know. he was actually going to be doing there because the play uh, was even wild to him. And, yeah, what a pass by Pajemski. The perfect weight on it. I heard on the Hoop Collective podcast <laughs> they were saying it was like he's a soccer player passing yeah. Curry open. You know, just throw it to a spot and let Steph Curry do a, a post move from half court yeah. and chuck one in. Uh, just an incredible shot. In the 10 games since Draymond's been back, 7-3 and three for the Warriors. They've got a one-point loss to the Kings, a one one point double overtime loss to the Lakers and an overtime loss to the Hawks. Jeez. Everything else has been wins. They look good. And that's why after the game, they asked Draymond what he learned from his suspension. When I play, we're really good. <laughs> and he's completely right. He outplayed Nurkic completely in oh, this yeah. one. Nurkic was just in bait mode, trying to get Draymond tossed. He did get the tech for complaining to the refs, but it felt to me like Draymond was on the absolute perfect edge yes. of where you right, got to be, right. where you're instigating with the other team, but you're not taking it too far. He got in Nurkic's head. Nurkic only had six points in this game, six rebounds, four assists. He was definitely more focused on the one-on-one matchup with Draymond Green. And Draymond was awesome in the fourth quarter, getting to the rim, finishing these shots, finding uh, Kaminga for alley-oops. Kaminga's insertion into the starting lineup has been huge for the Warriors. They score in the paint all the time now because Kaminga is always there, whether it be alley-oops or bully ball stuff. That mm-hmm. was a, a problem for the Warriors with scoring inside. Uh, but now with him being reliable uh, as an interior presence and Curry – being found by Draymond all the time. They're looking good right now. Tenth place, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I win a lot more games to make it matter, but at least they're pointing the right direction. Draymond Green is walking the line pretty perfectly. And if you think back to the Warriors in the good old days, he was towing the line. He just wasn't crossing it like he has been the last few months or so. And uh, it, it helps when Curry hits the game winner so we can all talk about the Warriors winning and then them holding it up on the other side because the conversation would be different uh, because it has happened recently where they've been there right at the end but unable to win. Gary Payton II coming back helps. Chris Paul will come back and also help. Um, and just that game-winning shot was ridiculous. Brandon Pajemski said 
after being asked post-game by Anthony Slater, he said, as he released it a little closer towards midcourt, he said, oh, shit. <laughs> That's the way he put it, because he was a little worried that Bradley Beal was projecting forward. And Draymond Green actually was supposed to screen Bradley Beal to block him off. Yeah. He didn't. He allowed Bradley Beal to get in that lane. So I think the uh, the dialogue would be a lot different <laughs> right, uh, if right. Bradley Beal was able to steal that. And that was it. That wasn't a tie game. That was the shot for the win because they were down one. So You can see Pods well. when he throws it too. He's like, oh. like yeah. he jumps a little bit like, ooh, I may have thrown this a little bit out of the way, but it was not. And that guy keeps closing for Clay Thompson. And it wasn't a story at all for this one because – the closing lineup looks good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's keep it going. Trey, who do you have for a winner? Got the Dallas Mavericks. They're on a four-game win streak, including a 35-point win against the Sun, the Thunder on Saturday. They also beat the Knicks Thursday in Madison Square Garden with none of their guys. And then Peej and Gaff show up on Saturday looking great. Mm-hmm. P.J. Washington in his first game for the Mavericks, 14 points, five rebounds. Six for ten from the field, and he was already doing things that Grant Williams didn't do. There's a pass to the corner. He pump fakes, gets his guy in the air, drives to the lane, kicks it to Derek Jones Jr. He does the exact same, finds P.J. Washington for a dunk underneath uh, the hoop. They're posting up P.J. Washington in mismatches. He had a couple of dunks. Grant Williams had two dunks the entire time. He was with the Mavericks, and then Daniel Gafford was great too. 19 points, nine rebounds, and four dunks for him. Between the crowd and Mark Folliwell, I thought I was watching Prime Shaq, the way they were talking about this guy. It was crazy. The crowd going insane. Uh, I think both, um, I think the first basket for both PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford was an alley-oop from Luka. Mm. So that's going to work. Uh, I also liked what uh, Daniel Gafford said post-game. He told, uh, he told Tim Cato, it's amazing, said Gafford when asked about Luka Doncic, referring to him as the type of center he's wanted for years. He said he wanted a rim-running backup center. Sorry, Dwight Powell, I guess you're not good enough, but <laughs> Gafford continued, a guy of Luka's caliber liking a guy like me? It just feels like I've never had that happen before. He's Aww. all that. Wow. He's <laughs> a regular Rachel Lee Cook right now. <laughs> but this was nice. Luka, 32 points, 9 of 14 from the field. Hit a bunch of threes, hit 10 free throws, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. It's also, I think, the first game that his daughter came to. Didn't didn't wear a headband. He's got a master poof going on right now. And then Kyrie Irving has been great since he's been back from injury. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. And the chemistry... Between Luca and the new guys, looks like it's already there. Yeah. He's going to find you for an alley yeah. if you're open. But it's even more important, I think, with Kyrie Irving, because there's going to be a lot of lineups where Kyrie is the main ball handler playing with bench guys, which means Washington will be out there quite a bit, and obviously Daniel Daniel Gafford will uh, as well. So that's a weapon, uh, certainly, for the Mavericks. 47 points they scored in the first quarter. They had 110 through three quarters against the Thunder, who are a top 10 yeah. defense in the league. Yeah, they had 11 dunks from six different guys. That's a lot. Um, that's nearing their record. It's Luca and Kyrie beyond the three-point line and then a bunch of dunkers. So they they played it well so far. I mean, that first play with P.J. Washington where he sets a pick for Luca on the right side and then goes flying to the left side, gets a back pick for that alley-oop was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really cool. If you can play beyond the three-point line really well with Luca and Kyrie and then just have dunkers, the math holds up. Uh, it should be good. Lively, 7th in the league in dunks. Gafford, 8th in the league uh, in dunks. There's a lot of dunks to be had there with those guys if they're playing really well in the perimeter. And when you look at the Western Conference, we definitely have like tiers right now in terms of uh, the win-loss records. Wolves, Clippers, Thunder, Nuggets. They're battling for the number one seed, uh, one through four there. Then there's a bit of a gap. 
to the Suns and the Pelicans and the Kings and the Mavericks, one of the teams you guys were just talking about. They're all within a game of each other, trying to just get into the playoffs. Obviously, the fifth and sixth seed are in. If you're seventh and eighth, you're playing in one of the playing games. And then those uh, Golden State Warriors in tenth would be taking on the Lakers in a 9-10 matchup and have to win again to even get into the postseason. So it's just, it's wild. I mean, 7-8-9-10 is Kings, Mavs, Lakers, Warriors some damn good players and those are some good teams historically uh there you know the kings obviously not not maybe on the on the same level as those but they were a, a great team last year third seed i think overall so yeah. uh it's tight it's tight in it's the toit. west it's it very tight that's tight but great starts uh from pj washington and uh daniel gafford i'll keep it going here i'm going to give uh celtics heat fireworks a winner of the weekend. Interesting. Yeah, because we only had two games on Sunday because of the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. it was one of them, and it was sort of the marquee game, and it was a close game. Celtics won in the end, 110-106. They swept the season series for the first time against the Heat since 1617. Uh, no Jimmy Butler for Miami. Um, there was a death in his family, so he didn't play. And then the Heat, I mean, we could have probably just given them the losers of the weekend. They had two more injuries. Terry Rozier, that looked bad. We're waiting to see the results of him, his MRI. And then uh, Richardson as well with a shoulder. He had to leave the game. But the good from the Celtics, Tatum, nearly a triple-double. And Porzingis, man, this guy. I just watch Celtics games now, and I just go, well, the championship just all depends on Kristaps Porzingis. Because I feel like when he plays at this level, I think the Celtics are the favorites. I, you know, Nuggets fans are going to have something to say about that. I get it. But, man, he's just... He's so good. He had 25, fourth game in a row at 25-plus, nine boards, three assists, two blocks. And, yeah, he's a, he just feels like the difference makers to the Celtics' chances of winning a title. But no love lost between Jalen Brown and Duncan Robinson. I know you guys <laughs> saw this. Uh, midway through the fourth quarter, two players get tangled up. Brown's sort of trying to like do the whole post-up thing on the perimeter. And Robinson's arm latches on to Brown, who then appears to like pull on it, and he sends... Sort of Duncan sort of flying into the stands a little bit. They exchanged words, uh, you know, at the free throw line. Jalen Brown got assessed a flagrant one uh, foul, but uh, speaking after the game, Robinson called it dirty. He said, quote, just thought it was dangerous, unnecessary, and excessive. Brown, though, he laid the blame at Duncan's feet. Said, He's the one locking me up. These guys, all they want to do is play, play tough, play hard, and then something like this happens. Uh, you know, they want to spin it around, so... Yeah, I just like uh, I'm giving this a winner of the weekend because you know, I like to see this uh, you know sort of like Nurk and Draymond I guess a little animosity yep. on a day where there's not a lot of basketball. It's good. <laughs> Competitive juices are flowing, and the Celtics losing to the Heat last year in that weird series where they are down 3-0, win three straight, and then lose Game Seven. That was weird. So <laughs> I don't know if we'll see these teams again this season. The way this season, I mean, the Heat feel snake bitten at this point, but uh, might be a first round matchup. I guess it could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, no Jimmy changes the equation, but fun game. Yeah, it's good to see Duncan Robinson like that because it seems like he didn't have that for a lot of his career, but now he seems a little testy, uh, which was nice. It was a good performance by them without Jimmy because Caleb Martin came in there. Uh, They are starting to look a little more like the Heat, in all honesty. Not all the time, Um, but the injuries are going to be big here. Yeah, Um, I mean, we could have some very bad news from Miami today. Like, Rozier, that did not look good, and Richardson with his shoulder. But we'll see. We'll see. Double MRI happening today. Yeah. That doesn't happen too often. No, uh, no. And they probably dodged a bullet with Duncan Robinson, honestly. Like, he definitely instigated uh, the stuff with Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown, I thought, kind of crossed the line, going uh, Kelly Olenek mode, ripping his arm Mm -hmm. out of the socket there. So a fair, flagrant one, but... Lucky for the Heat that Duncan Robinson didn't have a shoulder injury yeah. on that one because that was kind of nasty. Yeah, 
And I know some Heat fans were like, "Where's where is anybody coming to the defense of, of Duncan? You know, where's you know we need Haslam's got to talk to these guys. So, you know, there wasn't really nothing. Uh, usually, you would see somebody go up and like, "Hey, come on!" But it was really Duncan for himself there after they got locked up. I agree with you. He he definitely instigated it. Yeah. He was holding on, but then Jalen had enough of it and probably a little too much. Yeah, it could have been bad. Like I could could've be bad, easily yeah. a popped out shoulder or something like that. But we'll give it a winner of the weekend because it, uh, it was a good battle there uh, in the marquee game on Sunday. Another round, Tass, who you got? I'm taking the Philadelphia 76ers. Maybe the Miami Heat needed Kyle Lowry's attitude to help out Duncan Robinson because the Philadelphia 76ers, their recent moves tell me they're optimistic Joel Embiid will come back and they're going to make some sort of playoff run because they are absolutely going for it with their moves. They acquired Buddy Heald recently and they traded away Patrick Beverly because they knew they were going to get Kyle Lowry. In the clubhouse. I think it's an upgrade on, on Patrick Beverly in a couple ways. I know Kyle Lowry is sort of towards the end of his career, but he is playing defense all this season, averaging a steal, playing hard, four assists, three and a half rebounds per game, shooting 38% from three, only eight points per game. But those are basically the same numbers he had last year when he helped the Miami Heat get to the finals as their backup point guard. He did help. And the Sixers also traded away Jaden Springer, a 21 year old who maybe good later on but he's just not that guy right now so they go get Kyle Lowry because they are trying to win right now so I will just attribute all these little moves obviously it's all about Joel Embiid coming back but I do think I think they go sort of hand in hand here they are trying uh this season and that's an upgrade Kyle Lowry over Patrick Beverly uh, he's going to be playing a lot to to also assist Tyrese Maxey who will be making his first run into the playoffs as a primary ball handler and we'll see what the buddy can do. Um, he had a good first game. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's playing the Wizards. That always helps <laughs> on the schedule there. But 9 of 16 for Buddy. Four threes made. Five boards. Six assists. Four steals for Buddy. Doing a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so along with him and Maxie, like they again, it's against Washington, so <laughs> who cares? But at least they, they needed a win, Philadelphia, because they would sort of been sliding there because of the Embiid injury. Needed a win, and they need Buddy to shoot three-pointers. He's yep. taken 21 in two games with yep. the 76ers. Started both of the games. Philadelphia is 27th in three-point rate, so whether Embiid comes back or not, they need somebody to just chuck threes, and Buddy doesn't think twice about it. The guy's a very quick decision-maker because the decision is, I'm shooting it. Yeah, doesn't he hold the record for the fastest uh, three-point shot in a game in <laughs> I history? Think so. Yeah, like right off the set, man. <laughs> Just tipped to him That's and he sick, shot a three. Because yeah. <laughs> his dad had told him. Wasn't that the whole story? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> be more aggressive, totally son. Right, yeah. Shot it right away. All right, so you like... though hasn't played in like a month, man. Yeah, he's, Beverly has been a... better this season. Ah, just because Delta Patrick, ass tour, dog. <laughs> just, just because he does a little bit out there doesn't yeah, mean he's better. Yeah, he does more offense. out there. That doesn't no, mean he's he better. No, he doesn't. He doesn't score as much as Kyle Lowry. Then why does the why did the Heat get rid of Lowry? Math, math. Okay, yeah, fair they enough. had fair they, enough. They had to go. Why didn't they play him then? They played him a lot. No, they didn't. The he last, hasn't played since January. He, he had the a last, brutal stretch. Yeah, there. he had a bad five yeah. game stretch. Yeah. But the entire stats are better than Patrick Beverly's. The guy helped them. Get to the finals. They, they need year. to move on. But you like yeah, I know. you like this the buddy thing, the Kyle thing, whatever. You because you see it as Maury and the Sixers organization realizing Embiid is likely coming back. That means we're like gonna sort of continue to go all in on this season. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna be looking. He's yeah. gonna be looked at in three weeks. That bodes well. Um, but the uh, Philadelphia 76ers need somebody who can shoot the three. Patrick Beverly can't do that all that well. Kyle Lowry can, and so he's gonna help out. I mean, I don't know how much. Joel Embiid will be able to do when he gets back. But I'm assuming, just assuming, the way they're working uh, the fringes here, 
That he will be. Yeah. Uh, that he'll be back. Hopefully. And uh, I want to answer from Kyle Lowry, actually, because I've, I've got a puzzle. I'm still puzzled by because last year I was at the <laughs> finals after game two. I was on the floor, mm-hmm. and I saw him with a towel around his waist yeah. go up stairs to do an interview. Right. And I'm just puzzled. Did he shower after the game? Because he had a towel on, <laughs> waist down, and a tight black tap t- tank top that looked like it was his undershirt for his yeah. for his jersey. But I'm still puzzled. Did he take a shower after and then put a towel t- on and have a t- and put a tight tank top on? You wouldn't think so. No. So he probably <laughs> so he probably dropped his shorts, maybe yeah. his underwear. Put a towel on. Yeah, I went and, and went, went and did it. Just very interested. It has a towel that had an elastic top, so he was he was very secure. Uh, but it a puzzle. It's a puzzle that's always puzzled me. I can't wait to find out. Well, hopefully, did he shower? Uh, did Kyle shower? Trey, who else do you have for a winner? Well, I got Patrick Beverly's Milwaukee Bucks as oh. a winner. Uh, they ended a three-game losing streak with a forty-four point win against the Hornets. It's the Hornets, but you know. They didn't mess around. They went out and got Doc Rivers his first home win, and it was the Patrick Beverly experience to the full. First time he touched the ball three-pointer from the corner. He was coaching in the huddle. He's organizing guys defensively. He is pressuring the ball when they're up 30, giving them the scraptivity. Post-game, he's wearing a Bucks hat, and he's got a Miller Lite. That's a beer that started being made in Milwaukee. Great stuff. He also said post-game, I ain't going to lie. I didn't want to meet the Nuggets in my first game. Beverly said, okay, cool. Let me see what's going on with Charlotte. Let me get my routine under me. <laughs> he literally is like, oh my God. I came back just to beat up on the Hornets because I knew it was going to be an easy game. And guess what? It was. It was so easy that Thanasis Santetokounmpo got to play in this game. And he hit a Sham God and a Smitty on the same play. They're calling it the Sham Zeus. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's, That's ridiculous, man. I was sick, though. <laughs> the Hornets should pack it up. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Sorry. You lost the nut nest bowl with that play right there, maybe. That maybe so. Crazy. Maybe so. <laughs> was it on JT4? Yes. Yeah, yes, I think 4 was. got dumped, dumped on did. by Giannis, he and then, <laughs> then he got spun into the ground by Fanasi. Yeah. Oof. That was an incredible highlight. Uh, he was funny. Patrick was funny. Getting into he people. Great, he man. got the chest playing defense, getting into getting into people's ways. The, when you gave Brooke Lopez a spiel in the in the basically in the huddles, like telling him what to do, Brooke was like, Okay, I'm I'm done with you. Can I move on here? Uh, but he did good things on the floor. He was he was Patrick. It's exactly what they need. Honestly, like like you defense. talked about it when when the deal went down and they got him uh, at the deadline. It was like he the, the, you know, there's a team that's obviously done this a couple times now and you need like that sort of crazy guy to come in here and like sort of spark everything and wake everybody up. And yeah, maybe it's annoying at times, but he obviously has an impact on uh, on results too. So, yeah, good start. Good starts for a lot of these guys, honestly, in in most of their debuts from for the, for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Lakers. They're a winner of the weekend. Friday night, they blew out the Pelicans, 139-122. They had 51 second-quarter points. That tied the franchise record for most points scored in a quarter set in 2014. 51. They had, like, 87 at the half. The Pelicans had 74 points at the half and were down big. It was just a weird game. All five Lakers starters in that game scored at least 20 points. D'Angelo Russell, game-high 30, 5 assists. Reeves had 27. LeBron, 21. He had 14 assists. Rui had 21 on 9 to 13 shooting, and Anthony Davis had 26 and 6 on 7 11 shooting. According to Statitudes, the last team to have all five starters 
record a 20-point game was the Orlando Magic on January 26th, 1993. So you know what that means. <laughs> it's time for box score trivia. Can you name... Well, just do, we'll just do the magic. Can you name the five starters for the Orlando Magic in 1993's win where they had all five guys score over 20 points? Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, Penny. Shaq had 26. No Penny. Nah, he wasn't nope. drafted until the next summer. That's right. right? Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah, Dennis was... Scott. Uh, no. He Nick was, Anderson. He That's right. Drafted. Nick Anderson uh, had 20. You got three other guys. That's I, the hard part. Yeah, I, I think one of them's gettable, <laughs> and then I think two get a little more difficult. I'll give you some hints, but I want you to get the third guy. Daryl Armstrong? No. No, no. Um, Steve Kerr was on the bench, by the way. Um, Scott Skiles? There you go. Yeah. 9 of 15 shooting, 22 points, 11 assists, 7 Scott boards. It's a good game. Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott. Uh, no Dennis Scott. So no Dennis. you got three guys. So we need the three Shaq, the Nick, and Scott. Yeah, you need. Uh, you basically need sort of a, more of a two, yeah, two, three guy, and then a big guy. Get, get the big guy first. I'll give you a hint. White guy. Same initials, first and last name. Um... <laughs> He was an announcer. At Tom team? Tolbert. There you go. Yeah, nice nice pull. Nice, nice pull. Yeah. Tom Tolbert. 24 played, and 16 in this he game. He scored 24 points in a single game. He played 43 minutes. That's crazy. To me. <laughs> One more. This is the toughest guy. Because I was like, who is this Tom guy? Tom Tolbert. That's like I vaguely remember him. He was, um, what can I tell you about this guy? Okay. Well, he seems, he, he shares the same last name as a... Uh, as a guy that infamous, infamously was drafted uh, in the Jordan draft. Bowie? <laughs> Anthony Bowie? Anthony Bowie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what else to give you for that. Oh, that's a tough one. I was going to uh, guess Donald Royal. Would you have known he played in Italy a couple years? Because <laughs> he did. Uh, there yeah, it is. I don't think you so. You guys called it. You got there. Uh, Shaq, Nick Anderson, Scott Skiles, Tom Tolbert, and Bowie. A.B. or Boo, as he goes by on Basketball Reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sticking with the Lakers, they're also a winner because they got free agent guard Spencer Dinwiddie. He, uh, he has signed with the Lakers after clearing waivers on Saturday. Palinka said, quote, his playmaking and aggressiveness from the guard position provides a valuable depth as we continue our strong push toward the back half of the season. Uh, in case you didn't know what Dinwiddie was doing this year, he was playing for the Nets, averaged about 13 <laughs> points per game. In case you didn't know what he's been up to? Yeah, he's oh, uh, shooting... Uh, not not great. The, the the shot has sort of disappeared here. He was thirty two percent from three, so hopefully that goes up for the Lakers and six assists a game. Um, but he's going to make approximately one point five million for the remainder of the season because the Lakers were able to offer slightly more than the prorated veterans minimum by adding additional salary saved when Gabe Vincent signed at less than the full mid level exception. So huge. They got Dinwiddie here. Obviously, he can play and he's going to get an opportunity, and he'll probably look better. You know, playing for a team like obviously led by LeBron and AD, and he'll just be more of a piece. Yeah, it's interesting. His uh, little run here after being traded from the Nets, released by the Raptors, went and hung out with the Mavericks and then <laughs> yeah. Mark Cuban. Then he went and hung out with Rob Polenka, yep. and that's who reeled him in. Uh, oh, yeah, I just kind of wonder if the Mavs wanted to get him back, but uh, I suppose not. They just want depth. They may, I, have, I but I yeah. think I think the money uh, was the, the money uh, helps the difference yeah. maker here. And, and he's been to Southern California, and <laughs> hometown. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, I think more of an opportunity with the Lakers than he would have with Dallas. And Dallas, you know who's handling the ball? It's Luca ninety percent of the time, and it's Kyrie the other ten yeah. percent of yeah. the time. But Dinwiddie dude shoot forty percent from three playing with the Mavericks when he was there. That's yep. really really good. Yep. And if you're a Lakers fan. 
you got to be a little bit encouraged because now Dinwiddie's going to be playing with awesome players again. He's just going to need to basically be in the D'Angelo Russell spot, but Russell wants to play from the outside. Dinwiddie drives the ball uh, quite a bit, but man, I definitely feel like this is a Ramon Sessions type of move where you're like, oh man, all the Lakers need is a ball handler. He takes him to the next level. Then you're like, wait a second, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Wait a second, it's Ramon Sessions. There's yeah. reasons these guys are available. Uh, they're not the top of the pops, but he'll be a helpful guy. And I think uh, better for him and the Lakers than with the Mavericks, just because more opportunity for yeah. Spence. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell has been absolutely balling. He's been on another planet. Uh, if, but if if you look back to those Mavericks days, he definitely was off the ball and was able to hit some game winners and hit some big shots. So I bring up Russell and Reeves at the same time because if – Spencer is around and just ready to shoot. That's a good guy to have for the three-point shot, especially because yeah. they have so many freaking injuries. I don't think Gabe Vincent is coming back at all. It sure feels that way. So it's nice to have the the depth there. And I just saw this announcement as uh, the Warriors were supposed to play are, are playing in, in Utah tonight. Steve Kerr will not coach as he's going to Serbia to be there for ceremonies for Dejan oh. Milovi- Milojevic's services he will not be around so he's traveling over there okay there you go well we're going to take a break those are our uh, winners of the weekend we're going to give the Cavs some love so don't you worry uh, in the next block but uh, when we come back some Super Bowl talk and our losers of the weekend discover the latest collections from David Yerman as seen recently styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez Jalen Green D'Angelo Russell and others David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Outdoor outfits. <laughs> that one always, uh, always makes me go, huh? What? Isn't it also an indoor outfit? I mean, I guess yes. a jacket. I mean, do I consider a jacket just an outdoor outfit? <laughs> Never thought about it that way. Uh, for me, I just I instantly think rain gear. Yeah. 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 Something something for the water. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're fishing. Yeah. Uh, sure. I guess, yeah, you're not, a lot you're of pockets. You're never sure. fishing yeah. indoors. Well, unless I'm in that one uh, Bass Pro shop where that guy got nude and jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> he needed an outdoor outfit. <laughs> he just needed an outfit. Man. Yes, any outfit would have been Especially dude. that guy. <laughs> I always think uh, snowboarding or skiing, outdoor outfit. That's a good one, too. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Snow pants. Look, they, they like the alliteration. Sell, oh, they do. Selling they do. scented soap or offering outdoor <laughs> outfits. That's what they're going for. Yeah, man. Trying to trip us up. Uh, last night, guys, the Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22. Oh, boy. We had five quarters, basically. Five quarters of football. It's our first repeat champ since the 04-05 Patriots. And KC has now won three of the last five Super Bowls. Dynasty? They said we're not done. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Mahomes picked up his third Super Bowl MVP, tying him with? Joe Montana. That's right, with nice. three, and Brady's got five. Uh, anyway, what would you think uh, of the game? 
Uh, the overtime confused me. As we were sitting there, as time was ticking down, we were all saying, why isn't he calling timeout? Why aren't they calling timeout? Well, Tony Romo was trying to tell us why, and then the game ended. Never mind, it's over. Yeah, what an odd telling. Because uh, he told us the rules of overtime yeah. before, and then we heard the other rules at 10 seconds left. Yeah. Hey, and for all you at home asking, why aren't they calling a timeout? This is just the first quarter. Of other courts. I guess my counter is, why is there a clock then? There's we don't need no it. reason for yeah. a clock, actually. I don't think there is. No, Because they would just, yeah. <laughs> People would be too freaked out playing without a clock. <laughs> yeah, that anyway. would be weird. Um, so anyway. weird. Strange ending, though. That's cool. They won. Yeah, can't, can't give Pat two chances to win the game. No. Come on. No, no, no. It was... Pat. My good friend Pat. Uh, <laughs> well, hold yeah. on. There's a, if they both score, both teams get a possession. If they yeah. both score a touchdown, yeah. at the end of the quarter, it's 7-7. Seven, seven. So you could, as the clock ticks down, I guess it's still no. sudden death anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It does right. matter in Ignore regular me. season. That's why we're all thinking it matters. Of course. Right. But, yeah. the, but they did say after, after when overtime started, this is a whole new game. Yeah. That's what the referee but he said. But he forgot to tell the part that happened at the end with the, yeah. you know, you, it, we would play a second quarter, basically, yeah. if this is uh, if they still have the ball. So it's just odd because Tony Romo, who's great on calling everything, oh, was, he was talking saying. about that and a t- touchdown <laughs> happened. <laughs> so the game's over, bye. And everybody just left the party right away because the game was like, you know, four and a half hours long. It was a long, long guy. It was a long guy right there. JD, you watched uh, every snap? Every second of the game wow. I watched. I uh, didn't see all the commercials, but uh, I watched the halftime show and the whole the whole game. Okay, well, let's get uh, let's get your reactions to Usher and the halftime performance. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I didn't recognize as many th- songs as I thought of. I would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because, you know. It's got a big catalog. There was a time when we were debating going to see him in Vegas, and some one of you were like, oh, don't worry, you'll recognize a lot of his songs. And I'd be like, I don't think so. <laughs> and I was correct. But I did recognize the the, the main bangers. Yeah, the bangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, big pop-off in this house when Ludacris shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think in every house, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love uh, compared with was it, was it Rihanna last year? Who? Yes, yeah. So she was on the rafters. She was, she, preg- she was descending pregnant. from yep. the sky. Mm-hmm. Usher right on the field, right on the field, which oh, I like on the grass, yeah, like on, on the, the grass. grass, yeah, like Beyonce style. Yeah, I was almost starting to get like because it was for a little bit at the beginning, and I'm like, is there gonna be there's gonna be a stage? Yeah, right? like, yeah. I'm like is he just doing this on the grass the entire time? Obviously yeah. made his way up to the. Hey man, it's, it's like R and B, a slow burn. Man, start slow mm. and then you get into it. Yeah. And then the guests start coming in. Then it's all of a sudden Starlight Express with the roller skates. <laughs> with the roller skates, yeah. That was That's cool. a deep cut. Sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I loved it. It was great. It was great. Big fan. It was good. It was definitely good. Usher can sing and dance. I was surprised that there was a time like during the whole thing where he took like every second line off. It, it, wasn't, yeah. The, yeah. it wasn't the lyrics that the crowd would be singing. He was just gassed yeah, I think yeah, yeah. and that was the unfortunate part I think maybe you didn't recognize every song JD because he wasn't singing them <laughs> that's fair. Or, that fair or he was singing like one line from a yeah. song and then we were going on to another one yeah. 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 yeah he jammed them all in he jammed them he well, jammed yeah, them yeah, I want more had... singing from my singer oh, <laughs> why was he not singing well, I know I mean, you he mean. was I know you professionally mean. singing he hit beautiful high notes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but I was just a little surprised why he took <laughs> every sec right. he, he was tired I mean, yeah, he, he was, was dripping in sweat oh, yeah. 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 well that's what Nora Nora yeah. has seen him perform in uh, in Vegas yeah. did she did uh, Laura yeah. and Daniel yeah. go too yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. Um, 
And they were, I remember Nora's like, oh, yeah, he sweats like a mother. Like, it's like Patrick <laughs> Ewing style. Like, but then, and then I was like, she's like, brilliant, though, because during his show in Vegas, he's just wiping himself down with towel after yeah. towel, chucking them into the crowd, uh, yeah. people going nuts for them. Yep. Yeah. So, nowhere to chuck those towels. No, no. Hit, hit a tuba player or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. I like the little, the marching band is yeah. there. I mean, yeah, I nice. don't know if they were actually playing by the end there, but I don't know. I love that shit. Yeah, and we had uh, Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. uh, well, Jermaine Dupri, in a, in a funny outfit, <laughs> looking like uh, Draymond Green at an award show, uh, and uh, Little John. Her. Her, right, good yeah, call. Yeah. Um, Alicia, uh, Will I Am. Yeah, he was there. yeah, he was in his weird like <laughs> was helmet there. mask. He was wearing the Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> oh, that's who that was. Yeah, you didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Okay, so yeah, I think like we're. I don't think people are going to be greatest halftime show ever, but it's going to probably be fairly high on most people's list. Top ten, I think. I don't know. It's a good production. I mean, for it, sure. to be fair, you're never going to you're never going to touch Prince. So no, no. It, like it, it will never ever be done. Wow. <laughs> just calling it. And this guy yeah, hates Prince. Prince. <laughs> I don't hate Prince. Oh well, I just think he's slightly. Overrated. Oh, you're saying he'll never be beat when it comes to a halftime. I mean, I'm not saying he's not excellent and maybe not the best. I'm just saying he might be slightly overrated. Okay. That's all. Okay. Uh, did anyone have a favorite commercial? I like when Ken Jeong was on the massage chair. <laughs> 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 what was that for? Popeyes. Finally oh, Popeyes. Popeyes. I liked uh, the Eminem Almost Winners uh, yeah, commercial. Yeah. But here's every Super Bowl commercial. We hired a celebrity be- to be in the Super Bowl commercial for 30 seconds. But guess what? We ordered a second celebrity yeah, yeah. only mm. in it for 10 seconds. Right. Sometimes Wait a third. It. Sometimes yeah. a third at the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you have a favorite, JD? I know you said you didn't I see had a all. problem with the Popeyes one. I, I would have liked it a lot better <laughs> if it was not a current guy. That was the weird thing to me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ken Jeong is a guy who's alive today, and it's Ken Jeong today. I, he was funny in it. It was a good commercial, but put, I don't know, put like... Uh, Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, perfect. <laughs> okay. Somebody who was like super popular in the 70s. Or even earlier, okay. you know, like Humphrey Bogart. Like, it, we have the technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it was it was fine. Uh, I thought the everybody has this on their the lowest, but I like the Eric Andre uh, Doctor Umstick. Oh yeah, that was yeah, it was sure. very weird. I mean, but it was classic weird. Yeah. Classic weird. Yeah. Um, it was actually good though because it did like feel different because a lot of them. Yeah. Like Trey's right. There's such a formula, such totally. with the celebrity aspect. It's like okay it's to like, the point where you're almost like okay, where's the second guy? Where's the, where's the yo, second totally. person? Who's who's gonna be in this one? I think most people were high on the Dunkin' Donuts yeah, commercial, good. which good. was very funny. Damon was the best part of that. Yeah, and um, it, it was it was cringe, but it was supposed to be cringe. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, um, I'll allow it. We were we popped. It was, maybe it was because it was early in the game. The Kawasaki commercial. Yeah, was actually <laughs> yeah, with the moment. Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was a big one <laughs> yeah. in the house. Totally. Um, Michael Sarah, I guess, was sort Sarah of was good. funny. Good yeah. and weird. Yeah. yeah, good and weird. I liked it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. People are loving your idea for a Humphrey Bogart commercial. <laughs> <laughs> a hologram. A hologram. Looking Bogart. at you, wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have Humphrey Bogart saying, well, they're chicken from Popeyes. <laughs> That's already the best commercial. Very weird. All right. Any other thoughts on the Super Bowl before we move on? Yeah, anything? <laughs> hey, man, just like Usher's show, it got better as the night went on. 
It did. Yeah, it ended it up being did. a classic Super Bowl. Uh, the first half stunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> boring. It was very boring. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> and then Usher, yeah, I was yep. like, okay, great. And then it got going. You're right. It was uh, got more entertaining. I had a big night for me with the squares. Oh, mm. man, was squared up. I was, oh, yeah. I was winning every quarter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got that one. Oh, I got that one. I was laughing because I was heated the whole time I was there. I was like, I got five. When's five ever going to come up? That was the final score. I was like, wait a second here. Uh, but of course, the guy who set up the squares won the final one. Yeah, Interesting. That's true. That's Interesting. True. Yeah. One. Yeah. We're on to you, man. We're on to you. All right. Let's get to some uh, NBA weekend losers. Uh, Tass, who do you got? Get us started here. I'm going to give Taylor Snift the loser. What? Not Taylor Swift. <laughs> But the way that the first half of the Super Bowl happened, it felt like to me, after watching the Puppy Bowl, where Taylor sniffed a, a great dog. She would have won. Oh, there we go. She would have won MVP if the Super Bowl just kept on going as crappy as it did start. But afterwards, you know, Travis Clossy and Taylor sniffed. These are two characters in the Puppy Bowl. These are two characters in the Puppy Bowl. Two Taylor Swift was great. Don't stop talking like they have an IMDb page. Yeah, they do. They, they, uh, they're, they're bigger celebrities than any of us. They're in the damn Puppy Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl. No, that's Bowl. true. That's true. Yeah, they were great. Why is Taylor, Taylor Swift a loser, though? Because Taylor Swift would have won MVP. Oh, my God. She would have won MVP of the day. She would have. We had no idea. We were sitting there watching the Super Bowl, and we were thinking at halftime, even in the third quarter, who's going to win MVP? It's true. Good it's true. Pun- the, the punter with good punts? The guy with long hair? <laughs> that, that was who we were. He was hoofing him out there. Great foot. You know a great pause? Taylor Swift did. Not that guy. Anyway, uh, whatever. I just wanted to say Taylor Smith because okay. it's a funny name. It's kind of surprising they didn't name the other one Travis Smelsey. Mm. Mm. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they you... sat around a table and they wondered, what's the best pun for Kelsey? And you're right. Smelsey. Clossy. Yeah. It, it's, it? it's forced. It's forced. Yeah. Yeah. Smelsey is good. I guess they wanted a K. These are they the same people who are putting Ken Jeong in a current... <laughs> <laughs> Unfrozen man commercial. These advertising. Did, did you see the graphic? By the way, can you put the the, the, graphic, the photo yeah. back up? Yeah. Puppy Bowl twenty. <laughs> like, it's crazy. That's amazing. It's a long man. time. It's amazing. 20. Like uh, somebody said at the at the uh, party last night. It's like, oh, they should start like showing us like like the classics over the last twenty years. But then we were like, oh, we might have to do some like in memoriam work and stuff like that, because it's a long time for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like They're many... all dead. You think so? From... Sure to be a bummer, but from <laughs> well, yeah, the from, from the Puppy Boy Ball Bowl one? one. Yeah, that hundred percent. I mean the C T E alone. Jeez. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. What a fascinating NBA weekend losing yeah. Taylor Sniffed. <laughs> Taylor Sniffed. They've gotten better though. The Puppy Bowls have gotten a lot better. They moved out of. <laughs> they moved out of halftime. Like the level of play. <laughs> no, they've just. They actually. So offense is a lot more produ- sophisticated. No, they eliminated. They eliminated the level of play. They don't care about the level of play anymore. <laughs> the, the the dogs will take the field. It's it's edited. It's it's entirely yes, edited. Yes. It's not live. It's not live. So they may run the field once, and then in comes their their replacements. So it's funny in that way. It's you know you don't have to see any of the bad things. And it was it used to be the halftime show. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. So now it's pregame, right? Like yeah. it happens before. Yeah, it happens way before. But is there anything else going on four and a half hours before the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, a no. Of basketball games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
This guy's watching Taylor Swift. That's a, fair, that's a good point. I don't, even, I don't even know what Taylor Swift did out there, but I just like the name. Well, as I was watching. Um, okay, let's go to basketball. TK, oh, yeah. do you have anything? Any losers that jumped out to you? Well... <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, man. No, no, no. And it, I do feel like it was kind of hard to find yeah, NBA yeah. Uh, weekend losers. So yeah. sorry to the Houston Rockets. They went 0 and 2 over the weekend. They lost to the Raptors and Hawks. Two teams you should yeah. beat one of them yeah. if you're trying to stay in the play-in mix. They've lost four straight now. They've only won two of their last eight games, and they're 8 and 12 in 2024, which has dropped them to 12th in the Western Conference. Three games back of 10. Of the 10 seed, which is play-in tournament. They made no moves at the trade deadline. They did the Steven Adams thing. That's more for next year. But we know Ime Udoka was asking for some reinforcements yeah. uh, to try and help them make a play-in push. Nothing came. And next thing you know, Jeff Green is playing tons and tons of minutes for your team. Yeah. No Shangun uh, against... The Hawks, Tari Eason is also out, so it was like Jeff Green and Jock Landale were their big guys. In related news, the Hawks had five dunks in the first quarter, 11 for the game. It got pretty close in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, but DeJounte Murray and Sadiq Bey really closed the door. If you're looking for a bit of a silver lining as a Rockets fan, Jalen Green had his first triple-double against the Hawks, 26 points, 14 boards, and 10 assists. Jeff Green, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. You can actually convince yourself that Jeff Green is Jalen Green's uncle. Yeah, sure. Right? Like, sure. age difference, yeah. same last name. Everybody calls him Uncle Jeff. So <laughs> yeah, like, maybe he's a real uncle. And I'll give a stealth winner to the Hawks. They've won six of their last eight, and our guy Kobe Buffkin got 16 minutes against the Rockets. Yeah. Three points. Yeah, that's all right. Got in there. You're going to go see uh, him play? I'll well, I don't know tonight. if he'll play, but the Hawks yeah, play tonight. You're... I'll be there tonight. Bulls Hawks? Bulls Hawks. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, play in preview, baby. Down at the Fortress. TK, all right. I love it. Bring him in. Uh, I would like to give a weekend loser to the Raptors pizza party plans. What do I mean by that? Well, in early December, I've said this before, Raptors coach Darko Ryakovich, he decided to get creative. He promised a reward to his players, who are professional <laughs> basketball players, <laughs> if... Uh, they went on a winning streak. He would go and pay for dinner. He said, once we get three wins in a row, I'm taking players and staff to dinner, and it's going to be out of my pocket. <laughs> okay, we clarified that. <laughs> so it's not going to be on the Raptors. It's going to be out of Darko's wallet. Uh, the Raptors had a chance on the weekend to finally get that elusive third straight win, and they got punked by the Cavaliers. So the Raptors have now won two straight games four times this season, but again, they can't get that third win in a row, and the Cavs have uh, uh, spoiled their pizza party plans twice now. Ooh. Yes, the Cavs twice have done it when you include this one on Saturday. But uh, the Cavaliers, man, season-high nine games, uh, win streak, 17 of 18, I believe they've won, and they just smacked Toronto here, 119-95. Jared Allen, huge, 18 and 15. Mobley, 17 and 11. They blew the game open in the second quarter with a 21 to four run, up 20 at the half. No problems in the second half. Uh, this team is. I mean, this. We get. I always, I always say this at some point during the regular season. This team would love for the playoffs to start right now because they are playing their best basketball. And, uh, yep, they dashed the Raps' chances mm. of a. Uh, I, I just like to pretend it's a pizza party for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all have like little, little birthday hats on and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's a nice steak dinner if they ever get to three, but Cleveland said no. Yeah, the thing I like about Cleveland is Evan Mobley. Shooting the three a little bit more since he came mm. back. Four attempts in this one. There's been a few games where he's had multiple attempts. So they can live like the previous version of these Cleveland Cavaliers before 
you know, he came back where they were just shooting the three over and over and over again, and Dean Wade took his spot and helped stretch the floor. Obviously, Evan Mobley was in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year yesterday. last year. He sh- he's going to be awesome on that end, but uh, I like the expansion of his game. But the Raptors, you know, it's a little depressing, but at the same time, what all those moves were about for Abaji and Kelly Olenek, and we'll get Spencer and release him, they're all about these next... 30, 35 games to see what Emmanuel quickly can do with Scotty Barnes. I think that's what this whole thing is about, mm-hmm. is just to see what we're going to do in the offseason because we're going to see who are our main parts, our pillars. Will Emmanuel quickly be a pillar? And sometimes they're good. You know, that Rocket game was good, and obviously the Cavs are just too damn good. Yeah, so. Abaji and Olenek, they did play um, yeah. as the newcomers there in Toronto. They both played all right. Abaji, 8 points in 20 minutes. Kelly Olenek, 11 points in 22 minutes. But they're going to, they're obviously going to see time, but Cleveland is just such a better team uh, than the Raptors. And uh, yeah, no pizza. Lots of leftover pizza from our party last night. Maybe Dave can send them some. <laughs> hey, Darko, you want to a whole pie here? He always overorders. But that's fine. You got it. You have to do that. You can't do the opposite. I feel like extreme pizza choices from Grisham last oh, night. Oh, he went nuts. Didn't yeah, I he? couldn't just like there's one plain cheese pizza, fine for the kids. Yeah. But then everything else was like a specialty. It looked yeah. like one of them had a carcosa on it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Nobody I know what was to touching eat it. Like, yeah, carcosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like big spiral. Big spiral. Pesto spiral. Yeah, there's just get a pepperoni, dog. <laughs> totally, totally. I had to relook into one box, thinking there's got to be a regular pizza around here. I, I, I repeat multiple times. There's eggplant on another one. Oh, that one's good though. Fried eggplant. That yes, is good. I did yeah, like what? it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, definitely. Uh, it's just the reg. Yeah, you're you're looking for conservative pizzas here. (laughs) These were progressive pizzas. Well, good thing, like, there was... Somebody came with, like, straight up, like, I don't know, wraps or something like that. Straight up wraps. Yeah. yeah. So there was a whole other thing. If you didn't even want pizza, (laughs) then a million sides, of course. And then those new... uh, What were those things that you were uh, getting everybody to try? It's the Doritos... Dynamites? Dynamites or whatever they're called. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, there's a few different flavors. Those ones... uh, they're like the taquitos yeah, of them. Yeah. They, they look like veggie sticks, but they're sort of, you know, they got lots of seasoning. There's a hot honey one, which are really good, I think, a little bit better. Than Last night's ones. were like the chili lime or something like that? So they were? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. That was the Jenna Ortega commercial, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Jenna yeah. Ortega, yeah. I took home that uh, that mustard bag. <laughs> And I ate way too many oh, of those last ones, night. Those that ones is are good. not a thing you want to eat five, six oh. of them backwards. <laughs> but man, Doritos, they're food science engineers. They yeah. know what they're doing, man. You put one Dorito product in your mouth, you want to eat yeah. 50,000 other Dorito products. <laughs> too addicting. I want to see Bogart eating those next year. I don't know how. Let's get him. Get Humphrey Got the technology, Bogart. J.D. says. Uh, we have some news here from this morning. Just quickly, Woj tweeted out that uh, Charlotte Hornets president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak, is stepping down to become an organizational advisor, clearing the way for the franchise to begin an immediate search for a new head of basketball ops. Uh we sort of saw this one coming. We were like, Mitch is not going to be there all that long, and here he is now moving out of the way, new ownership there. They're going to try and find someone they want. There's a lot of names on the list of uh, a possibility who will take over this role, but Mitch Kupchak, moving over. Moving and he on. did an okay job at his last trade deadline. Basically, like, <laughs> yeah. honestly doing business and kind of undoing all of the deals he had done priv- or previously yeah. and getting the books in order for whoever the next guy is uh, that comes in to take over this job. This is a team that can look completely different uh, by the start of next season. Yeah. They got two guys that we know they're keeping. Even the coach will be a question mark. He basically disses his team every single night. <laughs> they go out. He's like, these guys cannot play defense. And I'm trying, <laughs> man. I'm trying my best. Everybody can score 16 points. It's easy. Uh, so, yeah, Steve Clifford, 
blessings upon him for the rest of the season because it's going to be ugly. Yeah. yeah. That's literally what Steve Clefford says. You're right. After every game. <laughs> every game. That team has more talent. He literally says that. Yep. Yeah, oh, ours well. does not. The Hornets did win over the weekend. <laughs> they <laughs> beat the dumb. Grizzlies. Yep. Uh, so that helped. But, yeah, we will see uh, who takes over there. What oh, was Cupcheck there? Like six seasons? Six. Not a while. This was season number six for him, yeah. <laughs> not the greatest of runs, uh, I think <laughs> he would even admit. But, uh, yeah, at least these oh, – look, the Brandon Miller, obviously, draft pick looks huge. They've got LaMelo. they got some more draft picks at this deadline. So they'll, uh, they'll lean into that, and, and we'll see uh, who takes over that head job. Okay, before we go, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter of the Night's interesting because I was sharing some of those wedgies that we had over the weekend as we started this show, and uh, uh, a fan of the show, at Brendan, 775-189-90, he said... And shared a photo here. We'll show everyone on YouTube. In not very similar circumstances, I managed a wedgie in our local park in Manchester, UK today. Only being six foot tall, I had to go get a tree branch to get it out. And he shared the pic, and, and this is why it's Tweet of the Night. Look at this backboard. This is crazy. Looking, I have man. never seen a backboard like this in my life. I had a lot of people from the UK when I, when I said that, when I retweeted it with that comment saying, yeah. There are backboards like this on a lot of parks in the UK, and it's like a sewer grate. Yeah, is the best way to, I think to describe it to the podcast listener. Yeah, it's I I can't believe this is a backboard. <laughs> like this would do your your ball would last like three weeks playing on this. <laughs> like it would just shred it, <laughs> or maybe you just never go glass. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this caught me by surprise. So I wanted to share it. Yeah, that grate looks extremely tough. Uh, the ball would get <laughs> roughed up. Yeah. And, um. It is weird. I thought it looked exactly like the fence below it, but it's not quite exactly like no. the fence because the grate is just thick. Uh, <laughs> although the, fe- the fence is, yeah, the fence is thinner in a, in a grid form. And you see, you do see parks like that, especially in Europe, like where it has that's like a soccer net there, right? Like sort of built uh-huh. underneath the backboard, but. No, I, I just have never seen a backboard like that. It does look like the hoop is very close to the borders here. <laughs> like, you might be getting checked into yeah. the crossbar. There's a crossbar, apparently, for the football goal. Someone said, uh, like, imagine kids, like, that are, like, you know, trying to learn how to dunk and stuff like that. Like, getting up above the rim or around the rim. Like, how many fingers are you going to break? Like, getting caught in, the, in this backboard. <laughs> if you're going to block people and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, dangerous. That looks weird. Yeah, but anyway. Steve, Steph Curry just said that uh, a wedgie ball got dented. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those would get dented. Yeah. Those would take some lumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, apparently they're uh, in a decent number of parks in the UK, but thanks to Brendan for bringing that to my attention, to your attention. And we will call it there. This is uh, All-Star Week. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yep. really weird to say aloud because we just had the deadline and then maybe because of the Super Bowl. I don't know, but we are here for a couple shows. We all head to Indianapolis on Thursday. We have our live show on Friday and then obviously the festivities there on Saturday. We're going to be in a big football stadium, the Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, see what that's like. Hope the Wi Fi's good. Because uh, <laughs> we might be doing a podcast late on Saturday night, hopefully live, if, uh, you know technology allows us to do that so anyway we'll be here for most of the week though and uh and then we'll head off and have a bunch of shows sort of over the weekend so make sure you subscribe make sure you hit the like button make sure you leave your boys a five-star rating and review lots of games on tonight because 
only two on because of the Super Bowl yesterday. So tons of games on tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern to break them all down. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to Bismack Biombo. Seven foot six wingspan signed with OKC. Mm, they got their center. They did. Nice, nice move. Nice pickup. He's been good with the Grizz this season. Brace the day, people.